Now, welcome to another inspiring edition of Sound Insight with Dr. Tom Curran. Good morning. Welcome to Sound Insight. This is Tom Curran. It's great to be with you today. Today, I'm going to share with you some insights that I actually presented at my dad's wake and his funeral. I had a chance to speak at both of those events, and they were holy moments, and I'm grateful to God for that, even as I'm grateful to God for my father's life. I... Um, but I want to share it in a way that will also be a blessing to you. That's my hope. That's my prayer, that you can gain insight into your life of faith through the witness and testimony of my dad's life of faith. And I've got some insights I think you'll be blessed by. Back in a minute. Hey, this is Dr. Tom Curran, the host of Sound Insight, but also a realtor serving wonderful folks like you in the state of Washington and in Idaho. I've had the privilege and pleasure of helping dozens of families in the last two and a half years discern and find a, a strategy, a path, and a plan to help their families find a whole new life in eastern Washington and northern Idaho. If I could be of service to you in that, I would love to. Please reach out, drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Hey, good morning. Let's begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord our God, I love you, and I thank you, and I praise you for the gift of our lives and our faith. And Lord, I thank you for the gift of family. In a special way today, I thank you for the gift of my dad, for the life that he lived, for the faith that he witnessed to by his very life. Holy God, bless those who are listening, especially those who are in the later stages of their life or who have loved ones who are near to death. I pray, Lord Jesus, for your tender mercies. I pray, Lord our God, that you would grant a, a beautiful sense of, of the nearness of heaven. Lord, may the veil that separates heaven and earth, may it thin for us so that we would live well the one life we have. And I make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, lots to cover today. Boy, lots going on. My goodness. So I'm, I'm actually recording this program from Denver, Colorado. Yes, indeed. Uh, I'm in a hotel room. So you might sound, the quality of the audio might be a little bit different. I don't have my full studio equipment here with me. Um, but I'm making do <laughs> to the extent I can to have a, uh, well, to bring you a message. I want a message that's real because so much has happened. Um, the last several months of my life have been, uh, well, it, it's, it was one of those moments. Uh, in July, my dad had a uh, uh, pneumonia and he had uh, congestive heart failure, spent nine days in the hospital. And when he came out, they said, he is now in that stage of his life that is called hospice. So it's time for him to enter that hospice stage of his life. And we didn't know how long he had. They estimated that it could be as long as three months. And he did last. He lasted literally three months. Um, so he went about as long as they would possibly think that he was going to. And, you know, you stop and ask, were, were those three months a blessing or did they stretch us? Were they a burden? Were they a trial? Were they a challenge? And, and, and you know me, right? You know me long enough to know that I'm going to say yes. And I think that this is one of the enduring truths of the 
life of a Christian, of a follower of Jesus, is that he redeems us. He sets us free from bondage. He sets us free from brokenness. He sets us free from difficulties, often through crosses. He will, uh, when when we live a life that doesn't involve the cross, that doesn't involve the trial and the difficulty and the brokenness, we can be more comfortable at one level, like at one level of our lives, we, we, frankly, we just, it's easier. It's, it's not that hard. But at the same time, we, we're so, we can be so limited. We can be held back from experiencing the more that God has for us. Uh, just did, did you hear that? God wants more from you. Uh, he, I said he wants more from you. He wants more for you than you imagine. He wants more for you than you imagine. He also wants more from you. And I, I should talk about that. <laughs> that. But that is not, well, that'll be a theme that probably comes up. But he wants more for you. There's more love, divine love, love that comes from God that the Lord wants to pour into your life. He wants to let it wash over your life. He wants it to sink into the core of your being. He wants to uh, give you that sense of, 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 of a bright, open horizon d- during your today. That as you walk out the door of your today, you don't just have to have a mediocre existence. right? It might be average in many ways. You might be average when it comes to your financial condition or your physical well-being or the circumstances of your life. But when it comes to the things that matter the most, you are not a mediocre person. You are a child of God. You are a precious, beloved child of God. And it's easy to lose sight of that. We've been told messages that cling to us and hold us back. We, we've done things or things have been done to us that, that bind us up and make us wounded and, and diminished. And when I say the Lord wants more for you, he wants more life. He wants more vitality. He wants a, a greater sense of vibrancy in, in, in what matters the most, your relationship with God your relationship with your loving Father in heaven. You might have terrible circumstances when they get measured by the things of this earth. You might have hard, harsh situations and circumstances in the things that are connected to the realities of this earth and measured by the the terms of this earth. But you can know at at a place in your being, in the core of your heart, the the healing balm of God's love, the, this, this, this light and peace that comes from knowing God. And that's what he wills for you. He wills it for you. And, and, and oftentimes, oftentimes, we go deeper into the things of God, deeper into a way of looking at life that is rooted in faith, living a life that is reflective of our relationship with God when we go through hard times, when we go through the cross. Should it really be a surprise? Should we really be caught off guard when that happens to us? I don't think we should. I think that it's, it's one of those themes that we don't like 
And so maybe we don't like to hear it. Maybe we want to dismiss it. But in our more, like call them spiritually healthy moments, we come to realize that the sometimes the very greatest of blessings have come through what at a human level were the most difficult of times. And that's not the totality of the Christian life. Certainly not. Certainly not. But all of that was to identify the last three months of my family's journey with my dad towards his going home to God. That's his death. Towards his death and going home to God. That that, that was hard. It was hard at many levels, and you know this if you've experienced the death of a loved one, a spouse, a parent, a child, a a very close family, a sibling, a close family member, someone very dear to you, watching that loved one diminish in health and, and, and losing capabilities, capacities, diminishments, this, this is hard. And this, it's also purifying. So, with that said, I, I, I share with you, I share with you the opportunity I had at the wake, during the wake we had a rosary, which you heard Carrie and me talk a bit about last Friday on the program. I didn't share my message. The message that I offered about my dad, I shared during the second Joyful Mystery. We had, it was a, uh, the wake was on a Monday, so we used the five uh, mis- the Joyful Mysteries of the Rosary to be launching points for um, my dad's uh, uh, rosary wake. And um, what I began with was something that I witnessed. I witnessed it when I went back for my last time to be with my dad. I was there for five days taking care of him. I was sharing in the burden of caring for my dad. And, um, and one of the things that he would do is he would greet the day. That's how he, he said it. He would greet the day um, when he was up and had enough energy. And at that point, he still had the ability to, to walk a little bit. So he would walk out to the front porch. And there he would start his day with a song of prayer to Almighty God. And I witnessed it and I recorded it. And so I'm, sh- I'm not going to share the recording, but... I want to share with you the content of my dad's prayer. Now, he's 90 years old, and he, he, he had a, from, you know, from an outward measured life, he had a hard life. He did. He had a hard life. He was born during the Depression, 1933, into poverty. His his mom and dad were not well off. They lived in poverty. He lived in the attic of their like multi, like three bedroom, like three level apartment um, house. He was up in the attic, and in the winter, in the summer, it was steaming hot up there, and in the winter, they had to heat up irons and put the irons at the foot of the bed so that they would get heat. And um, when he was a very young man, around 10 years old, his dad died. His dad uh, had some stomach condition and ended up having a bleeding ulcer and died. 
Uh, it was unexpected. It was, it wasn't. It happened quite quickly, and I, I know that had a big impact on my dad's life because in later years, he had. He said he had no memory of his dad, just like these glimpsing, like little image, little image, but he didn't have any, like enduring memories of his dad. Now, how striking is that? Well, he also. Um, uh, so, so when he got to high school, he had to help provide for the home. And so um, with his mom and, and his uh, four siblings, he, he got a job and would contribute money to the home. And then the Korean War broke out and they were looking for uh, people to uh, volunteer uh, and enlist. And so they gave him the opportunity to finish high school a semester early and enlist in the Army, uh, the Air Force. And he did. He ended up being in the Air Force, and he went to Korea, and he was stationed very close to the front lines and endured battles. And uh, it, you know, the, the stories he came back with were things that he kept hidden for 50 years. And when he finally went to the VA and got some counseling to talk about these things, uh, the 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 counselor the 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 therapist talked about this serious degree of uh, post traumatic stress disorder that my dad was living with uh, unaddressed, and he had lived his whole life with that, and and then in his later years uh, he uh, he ended up with a heart condition with uh, uh, with he needed to get a um, pacemaker for his heart um, his heart. Uh, would begin to falter as he got older. He had COPD and he had, um, uh, so he had problems with his lung capacity. He only ended up with 15% lung capacity. So, uh, oh, and he lost his eyesight and his hearing (laughs) and he had diabetes and he had terrible lower back pain that he would require cortisone shots. Right, so this is all a a big wind-up. For his prayer, so he—that's not the whole of his story, but that's a thread of his story. And he, um, uh, when he got up in the morning, the man who lived this life—and oh, by the way, he got married to my mom, married fifty-five years, uh, became a Catholic, raised us as Catholics, and had to work very hard. Worked very, very hard. Uh, had three jobs uh, when he was first married and eventually started his own construction business. So he, he had all of that too um, in bringing us up. Well, he, um, uh, his song in this condition, 90-year-old, barely could see, barely could hear, all of these conditions, having lived this life, his, so- his, his song of prayer started, thank you, God, for everything. Thank you, God, for everything. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for everything. And, and he didn't say it like with a, you, you, a lot can be tone of voice, right? He didn't say it perfunctory in a perfunctory manner just repeating it he didn't say it uh, he could have said it in a snarky version like thank you god for everything like look at all that you've given me yeah thanks a lot no he had this little like 
uh, hop. And he was dancing. He was kind of like moving around, like moving around in like a, a kind of a up and down dancing motion. Thank you, God, for everything. Thank you, God, for everything. And a, in a song-like quality, singing it to the Lord. Thank you, God, for everything. Now, who does that? How, how, how can we do that? How can someone who's lived, like has that many sufferings and diminishments, say that? It's only through faith. Well, you know what else his faith taught him? Well, it's, it's in the rest of the prayer, and I'll tell you that in a minute. Hi, this is Dr. Tom Curran, and you know me as the host of Sound Insight. I am also letting folks know that as a realtor licensed in the state of Washington and in Idaho, I love serving Catholic families and others who are discerning a move for yourselves. It's much more than buying or selling a home. It's discerning a whole new life. If that's something that you would find uh, a help in, if I could be of service to you, please be in touch. You can find out more at drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Welcome back to the program. This is Tom Curran. All right, so thank you, God, for everything. Thank you, God, for everything. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for everything. This was my dad's morning prayer. This was his song that he would sing to God. But that wasn't it. After that, he would say, and this is what he did say, Father, I am so sorry for my sins. Father, I am, please have mercy on me. Please forgive me for my sins. There's no complaining here. There's no, like, woe is me. There's no, like, God, why, why am I going through this? Why aren't you hearing my prayer? After he's saying, thank you, God, for everything, he, he recognizes when he looks at himself that, that he's fallen short. And so he asks for forgiveness. And I'm witnessing this, right? I'm, I'm standing there as he's going through his morning routine. And I'm blown away. The sincerity, the depth of this contrition in his voice. And then he says this. He says, Father, it's too much. It's too much. And you stop and say, okay, he's saying it's too much, right? All the physical limitations, the diminishments that are happening, the suffering that he's going through, the difficulties that he has with the simplest of, of, of regular bodily tasks and functioning and, and, and day and night having to deal with all of these conditions and, and this diminished condition. It's too much. It's too much. And you know what he says? He says, it's too much. All of these blessings... All of these blessings that you've given to me are too much. And I was stunned. I mean, I'm like, what faith? It, you know, you, it, so it, 
See, Thomas Aquinas says that, uh, that a teacher reveals his spiritual depth through what he says. A teacher, tratare alis contemplata, you're handing over to others the fruits of what you've gazed upon. And, 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 and witnessing my dad's prayer is witnessing what is going on in his heart. And it's, you know what, it, that's that purifying furnace, right? The purifying furnace of the suffering, of the trial, of the difficulty. And he comes out the other side of this trial and difficulty saying, thank you, God, for everything, when most of us would not say that. And, and he says, have mercy on me, when, when he could be easily complaining, like, why aren't you doing something about this? And then he says, thank you, God, the graces are, the gifts are too much, it's overwhelming me, the blessings that have come to my life. To be able to see blessings coming through all of this, I share this with you. I share, I'm here giving a witness, a testimony to my father's life, my dad's life. And I just, I, I want you to be blessed by that, especially if you're in a life situation where there's something that's diminishing. Maybe it's a relationship that's diminishing. Maybe it's a job that's diminishing. Maybe it's your health that's diminishing. I, I pray that the, that, that you would find inside yourself a source, that source of, of contact with the living Lord, to be able to, to turn to him and say, thank you, God, for everything. Thank you, Jesus. It was personal. It's Jesus, you're here. You're here. You're not distant. You're not far from me. This situation is not unknown to you. You are with me. Please, Jesus, I know that I fall short. Have mercy on me. And your blessings are, are too much. It's too much, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for your blessings. And then he would sing the Our Father, and he'd sing the Hail Mary. Now, he wasn't a singer. <laughs> it wasn't his best gift. But he, I, I'm sure it delighted the Father in heaven. It just must have delighted the Heavenly Father, that, that gift of his praying, <coughs> excuse me, the gift of his praying the Our Father and the Hail Mary. So I thank God for that. <coughs> Excuse me. So um, in, I mentioned to you, I'm in, um, I'm in, actually in Denver right now. Uh, I'm recording this. And so you'll have to, again, bear with me. If the, if the quality of the audio isn't quite exactly what you're accustomed to, um, I, was, I was away for the funeral. And then I got back. And the next day, uh, or two days later, I got on a plane and I flew to Seattle for the uh, uh, night, the transformation night for uh, the Encounter School of Ministry in Seattle uh, at St. Stephen the Martyr in Renton. And that was awesome. That was an awesome night because I had a chance to uh, see Father Ed White. Uh, I stayed at the rectory, which was beautiful to be able to pray with him and the other priests at the parish. They do an out, you know. They do morning prayer and office of readings and some adoration time, and that was just really beautiful to be able to be with them. And and then I spent the next day doing a day of teaching on teaching. Yeah, ta-da! I gave a day of teaching on how to present. How do you teach? How do you preach? How do you speak prophetically? And I, I'll talk more about that tomorrow. That that's a kind of a whole other program. Um, so. I, uh, I, I'll kind of leave you there. 
so then I got back from that and got home and then jumped on another plane. <laughs> and, and I'm here in Denver uh, at a real estate conference. And it's, it's actually really very interesting. I'm at this conference and it's sort of like learning uh, sort of strategies and, and vision and planning for uh, how do you you know, grow as, as a real estate agent and, and grow your career. And, you know, it's one of those things where, uh, again, it's probably worth a whole other program. I, maybe I'll talk about it in, in two days. Um, just the importance of developing yourself. What do you do to develop yourself professionally? And it's something that I will often um, help people with. Just they'll, they'll call me or text me and let me know about, hey, I've got a job opportunity or I've got something happening in my life and can we meet for an hour? I just want to pick your brain or I just trying to find a way to grow my business. So you know what? I, I'll talk about that in a couple of days. So I'm out here doing this to be a better realtor, to help folks. I think you know that. I think that that's, that has become my, uh, my, uh, my uh, tent making, right? St. Paul made tents in order to preach the gospel free of charge. And the timing is amazing because I am in this midst of serious discernment about continuing to serve as a real estate agent and uh, increasing the amount of ministry work I'm doing because it, it just feels like the time is now to help Catholics come alive in faith, sustain their faith, and witness to our faith. Doesn't our world, doesn't the state of Washington, doesn't uh, this world today need a higher level of, of uh, intentionality and uh, courageous witness from, from, from Catholics, from Catholic Christian disciples of Jesus? Isn't it time for us to step up? And uh, I'm discerning that myself. Lord, what, what do you want from me to step up. How, how can I step up more fully in my own walk with you? Because, you know, reflecting on my dad's life, you know, I'm closer t to death than I am to, to birth. Not even a question. There's no way I'm going to live twice the number of years I am now. It's just not going to happen. I, I may, you know, I may die tomorrow. Uh, but Apart from that, just even scanning on the number of years I have that remain, I want to live fruitfully, don't you? Of course you do. I, I want to live in a way that glorifies the Lord by doing with my life the things that he has for me to do. And I know that, well, I, I, when I say that out loud, I hope that resonates with you. And and I, I know that doesn't mean what what I'm saying by that it it doesn't mean that you have to go off and become a missionary or you're going to start a ministry or you're going to give talks or, or things like that. But but it does mean today today today, how will you honor God? What will you do today to honor the living God? To honor what do I mean by honor? To, to acknowledge that he is your creator. And so you, you owe everything to him. It's all a gift. But he's also your father in heaven. 
because of Jesus. So he's elevated you into a status where you can call upon him, Abba, Father. Abba, Father, I look to you and I want to delight you. I want to delight you. You're my father, my daddy, Abba, daddy. You're my, you're my heavenly father and you delight in me. And, and yet you, you have good things for me. I talked about that earlier, but, but those blessings that you pour on my life, you, you want to have shine forth today in the life I live. So today you are going to, you, you, you have hours, so you have time in front of you to do something. Will you go to mass? Will you make a visit to the church? Will you open your Bible? Will you say a rosary? Will you, in your conversations, you're going to have conversations today. Will you, in your conversations, bring up the Lord? Ooh. Will you be open to a stirring from within, a nudge, a spiritual prompting? It's called discernment, where the Lord is going to say, Hey, I, I'm going to have you come into contact with people who are in a, a, a downcast situation. They're, they're in a, a hard place. And they're going to be in need of blessings that I, the Heavenly Father, have for them. But they're closed off to me. They're not open to me. They don't know how to hear my voice. They don't know, they don't know my son Jesus. The, the Holy Spirit is... is is uh, around their lives, but they don't recognize the Spirit, and, and they're not responding to Jesus knocking on the door of their hearts. Or maybe they don't know how to interpret that, and so I'm sending you. Ta-da! You can be an angel. You can be an angel today, a messenger. Angel means messenger, right? You can be God's messenger to you. You don't need a theology degree. You just need a willingness. A willingness to be open, to be used by God. This gets me back around to my dad. And it, this theme is, this is about you. All right, I'm going to mention my dad, but this is really about you. And uh, my hope is that you will come to acknowledge or please ponder, please ponder what I reflected on in my dad's, in my dad's life. At the funeral. So at the funeral, I had five minutes, five to seven minutes to share about my dad's life. And um, I was like, well, what do I say in five minutes <laughs> to summarize his life? And I, I just pointed to a few key dates. The first was the date of his birth. And he was born on June 28th. Now, I'm going to, I'll give you $5 if you know whose feast day it is on June 28th. Now you might say, oh, the solemnity of Peter and Paul. No, that's the 29th. So I'll give, I'll give partial credit for that. <laughs> June 28th is St. Irenaeus. Now, $5 if you know who St. Irenaeus is. <laughs> he is one of the, he's considered one of the first fathers of the church. And he was right. He 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 wrote quite a bit, um, and his uh, his most famous work was against heresies, and his principal uh, teaching was against Gnosticism, a a, a prevalent uh, heresy at the time. 
However, with all that said, I don't bring that up. I bring that up because of his most famous quote. The most famous quote that is connected to the life of St. Irenaeus is, the glory of God is man fully alive. The glory of God is the human being fully alive. Now, what does that mean? The glory of God is, is the human being is man fully alive. Well, it means that, well, it means many things, but let's just, let's just focus it and say that what God intends for your life, not just intends, but there's something about God's beauty and majesty, that's his glory, that there's something that's very honoring to God when we, his creatures called to be children, sons and daughters, creatures elevated into the status of sons and daughters of God, when we flourish, when we live vibrant, vital lives in the things that matter most in faith, but also in the things of this world, the Lord intends for us to flourish. The glory of God is made manifest by our lives flourishing. That's what the, the Lord has for you. And so here was my question. My dad was born on June 28th, 1933. Was that an accident or was it by design? Was it just, oh, that happened to be the day he was born? Random? Chaotic? Or did God intend and will that he would be born on that day? And of course, again, if you're a person of faith, you say, no, that was by design. God intended my dad to be alive, and God knew and planned and, and had it happen that he was born on June 28th. So that over his life was this motto, the glory of God is my dad, fully alive. Welcome back to the program. This is Tom Curran. So I'm reflecting on my dad's life and doing this as a way of linking it to your life. I, I do this all the time on the program, right? I, it's, it's, frankly, it's one of the principles of being a good preacher and teacher, is if you're going to share your experience, your own personal experience, don't just share your experience. Share our experience. In other words, have in mind the people who are hearing what it is you're saying and be able to link the story you're sharing, the, the experience that you had in such a way that it can connect to an experience in their life. So that's why I do what I do. I, I'm trying to be a good teacher. I'm trying to be uh, a wise steward of the insights that the Lord has given to me and allowed me a chance to study. And so in this particular instance, the insight is this teaching in the church that says, guess what? You are willed by God. God wills your existence. And so we can go back to my dad's date of birth and we can see a sign, a signal in the day that he was born. It wasn't an accident. And so I see in St. Irenaeus as the day he was born as a sign that, you know what God intended for my dad's life is that he would be fully alive and that he'd be glorified in my dad being made fully alive. And that's for you. That's for you, brothers and sisters. God is not he is not someone who's going to hold back blessings because he's tired of giving out blessings to you he's not someone that is going to be minimalizing minim, minimizing or being minimalistic in how he blesses your life that's not god no 
his glory, his beauty is put on display by you, by your marriage being made fully alive, by your children's lives, your home being fully alive. Isn't that a comfort? I hope that that's a comfort. I hope that that's a blessing to you, that, that, that's, that that's something exciting to you, that the, the Lord is glorified by blessing your life. All right, so let's continue on with my dad's life. Let, I, I jump all the way ahead to when he's 29 years old, and he, uh, no, he's 30 years old. No, he is 29 years old when he marries my mom. And what day were they married on? September the 8th. Okay. Now, I'm not going to give you $5 if you know the feast day of September the 8th because I know that some of you, you know September the 8th. It's the birthday of Mary or the feast of the nativity of the Blessed Mother. <laughs> it's Mary's birthday, right? September 8th. Why December 8th is the Immaculate Conception? Go nine months. And so that's where they have the feast of the, the birthday of Mary. So now here's the question. That was the day my mom and dad were married on. Is there, do you see the finger of God involved in this? Do you see the hand of God involved in this? See, that's what wisdom is. Wisdom is that spiritual gift that gives us the capacity to sense and see the finger of God involved in a situation, the hand of God at work and moving in a situation. And so was the hand of God involved in my mom and dad being married on September the 8th? Well, to hear my mom tell the story, this is now years ago, what she said was, that when my mom and dad met with the pastor, the pastor had to find a day, a Saturday, that was available. And he said, oh, hey, here's one that's available, September the 8th. Let's, let's do it then. And that's how they ended up with September the 8th. Now, that doesn't sound very devotional and very inspiring or very holy, but was the Lord at work? Can you see the... That the Lord may, in fact, have been at work so that their choice maybe was primarily uh, had its origin, its motivating force in simply the availability of the date, but the reality of the place of the Blessed Mother in my family's life. And in particular, in my dad's life, is something that would unfold later. And so, for my mom, growing up in a very devout Catholic home, praying the rosary was a thing. It was a thing. It was something that she passed on to us. It wasn't that we prayed a rosary that regularly as a family, but there was definitely a sense of affection for the Blessed Mother, and for the rosary. When I had the awakening of my own faith as an 18-year-old, the rosary became quite prominent and the Blessed Mother became very central in my own spiritual life. Well, the Blessed Mother ended up coming to be more prominent in my mom and dad's spiritual life 
the more that they were married, the more their years went on, the greater the part that the rosary played. Isn't that interesting? And first of all, in the life of my mother. And then when my mom died, one of the commitments my dad made to my mom before she died was that he would take up the rosary and he would pray a rosary every day. And so I just, I look at the mystery of how God unfolds things and I say, my goodness, it was 54 years after my dad's uh, wedding day that his wife dies. And it's 54 years later that he picks up a rosary and he keeps that rosary with him every day after that. It was really striking. Um, You know, he would talk to me often in the last six years of his life about praying the rosary today, praying the rosary today. He would pray with uh, Bishop Reed on, uh, from CatholicTV.com. It was the Boston Catholic Television Network. Uh, so the Catholic Television Network of the Archdiocese of Boston. And Bishop Reed uh, would do these rosaries in different churches. And so whenever I was home, I would have to pray the rosary with Bishop Reed and my dad because my dad would, he, he had... He had his, he got an iPod, he got an iPad simply to be able to hit these, these icons that would pray the different mysteries depending on the day and, and mass. So he would, he would, he would play a recorded mass so he could go to mass when he couldn't leave the house and then he would play the rosary. Um, and so this, this gift was given to him. 54 years after it was established in his life. So I share that with you just to say, you don't know the end from the beginning. You don't know the whole story, how it's all going to end up. So have some faith that the Lord is at work. The Lord is at work in his time and in his way opening up a horizon of blessing, opening up a, a source of blessing that in the moment it was given, you might not realize it, but only later that you can stop and reflect and say, wow, God's providential care. God, God, God knew the end from the beginning. And so I share that with you, please, because I know that there are some of you that might be struggling with situations where you, you, you're in the desert. You're in maybe those 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years waiting for a good thing to happen, a blessing to come, a, a fulfillment of a promise, and you haven't seen it yet. The whole story hasn't been written, brothers and sisters. The whole story hasn't been written. Well, the, the last chapter of my dad's earthly life was the day that he died. And so I talked about the day he was born, June 28th, St. Irenaeus, the glory of God fully made his man fully alive. I talked about the day that he was married, September the 8th, 1963, 62. And when we come back, I'm going to talk about the day that he died. The day that he died was September the 29th. Now, what was that feast day? Well, I'll tell you in a minute. Welcome back to the program. All right, so September 29th was the day that my dad died. 
and that was the feast of the archangels, Gabriel, Raphael, and Michael. And the, the theme that I've been talking about is this, is that God's given us the gift of wisdom in baptism and in confirmation. And the question is, when we are sent, and what is wisdom? Wisdom is the ability to sense and see that God's involved in a situation. God, God's going to bring this situation to fulfillment. He, he has the capacity of taking a situation that seems out of control, seems chaotic, seems broken, seems completely devoid of God. And you know what? The finger of God can be involved in that and he can guide it right through to fulfillment in a way that you couldn't even imagine. That's wisdom. Wisdom, the ability to sense and see that and, and to see that God is, is, is a faithful God and he's here. So, what did I see in the day that my dad died? Well, what I saw was these three archangels were a beautiful representation of what my dad did with his life. I mentioned at the beginning the sufferings, right? The depression and the dad dying and the PTSD and, the, uh, and then the diminished health condition through all those years. But in the midst of those 50 four years of being married and raising five kids in the Catholic faith, my dad, he really was like the three archangels, each in their own way, each in their own way. So the first I can think of is, um, uh, is Raphael. So Raphael, you think of as the, the archangel of the journey, right? the one who uh, journeyed with Tobit uh, to his bride and who warded off evil, and who guided the one who didn't have sight. And that was my dad. My dad progressively lost his sight as he got older. And, and so I saw that sense of that the Lord had my dad on a journey, even when he couldn't see. The Lord had my dad on a journey. He didn't grow up a Catholic, but he, he was led into the Catholic Church. He was led into the Catholic Church. And, and when he did, he, he ended up sharing a couple of stories. I, I've shared them before. I'll, I'll mention them just very briefly uh, about when he, as a Catholic, he mentioned that he was very drawn to the bigness of God and, and the mystery of God. And, and sometimes he said during lunch when he was working construction, he would go to the nearby church. And these, these would be big old churches in Boston, right? So not, not modern churches, but he says he would go up the steps. And he said, that makes sense that you have to go up to get to the main level of a church because you're going up to a heavenly realm. And he said that he would go into the doors of the church and he would just have to stop. It was as if he was prevented from going further and he'd just fall on his knees and he would just be there in quiet for a time of prayer, just overwhelmed at the awesome presence of God. I'm thinking, who are you, dad? Because this was, my dad was not like this in terms of how he raised us and, and he wasn't a man to talk about his faith. He was very private and quiet. And, and to hear about the, the sense of encountering the, the, the almighty God and, and being overwhelmed by his presence and just kneeling and being there in the, in the, in the very back of the church. But he also knew a sense of intimate contact with Jesus. 
He told the story of one time going to receive communion, and this was when there was a communion rail, right? So this was before the, the reform of Vatican II and the reform of the liturgy. Um, he went up and nailed and received Holy Communion, and the next thing he knew, he, he kind of became cognizant of the fact that no one was around him. And when he looked up, Mass had ended, and or was ending, and what happened was, he said, he received communion, you know, next to everybody else in line, uh, kneeling down next to him. He received Holy Communion, received Jesus, and had this, like, uh, he didn't use the word ecstasy. He had a mystical encounter with Jesus, and it just took him out of his cognizance of where he was. He was caught up in this union with Jesus. I just thought... Wow, Dad, he never told our family that. It was just a story he told me when I was like recording stories about his life and faith. And I was just blown away by that. And so the Lord had him on a journey. And that journey took him. And you know, I'd say it's encounters like that that can make me understand a bit better why, why he can sing at the end of his life. Thank you, God, for everything in the midst of just terrible terrible stuff. And, and in the midst of terrible stuff, say, it's too much, Lord. Your blessings are too much. Uh, there was a deep volcanic faith inside of him. But then there's also uh, the other two archangels. He died on this feast of the three archangels, right? So you have Gabriel and you have Michael. And Gabriel uh, was the one who provided, right? The, the one who met Zechariah in the temple and, and came to to, to the Blessed Mother and provided this message from God. And I think about the way that my dad provided in my life, in our family's life, at a human level, it was so obvious. He provided for us immensely by working so hard and pouring his life out. And when I asked him, like at one point when I was in my mid-30s, Dad, when you were in your mid-30s, what was your vision for your life? Like, what, what did you imagine doing with your life? And he says, he just laughed at me. He said, I have no idea what you're talking about. He said, I just do what I got to do. Just do what I got to do. It's that sense of doing his duty and pouring his life out. And it's not about him. And it's not about dreams and visions and fulfillment. It's no, you just got to provide for your family and you just got to sacrifice and do what you got to do. And so I saw the Lord, like I saw the hand of God in that sense that that was the day my dad died was honoring him uh, not only in terms of the journey he was on, but as a as a provider. So he was a leader and a provider, and then Michael, protector. So my dad, as an 18-year-old young man, was not afraid to enter uh, military service and be on the front lines of battle, 18, 19, 20, 21 years old, in the military. And I just, I look at his love for his country, his love for and honoring of the military. And later he would also be involved in um, police work and so for the sheriff's office. And so he was a man who had a deep respect for the protection of citizens he, and of uh, being part of this great country. So I, I look at his life. I look at his life and I look at how the Lord you know, designed his life designed the day that he was born that the glory of God is man fully alive. 
He designed the day of his, his wedding. It was, the, it was a birthday gift to the Blessed Mother. And the Blessed Mother would be a gift to them. But not yet. Not at the beginning. Only after decades, increasingly in the life of my mother, and eventually after my mom's death, in the life of my father. The hand of God at work. The hand of God at work. And then over my dad's diminishment down to the point of his death. And what, what can I say about my dad now? As he was diminishing and diminishing and diminishing, and then he died. A lot of people would say, you know, they would say to me, I'm so sorry, Tom, I'm so sorry for your loss. I'm so sorry for your loss. And I would acknowledge, always acknowledge the condolences that were offered because they were beautifully sent and meant, and I, I received them. And yet at the same time, what was more prominent in my mind was the reality that my dad is actually now fully alive. The glory of God is, is man fully alive. Well, the fully alive man or woman only gets to a certain dimension of that on earth. Life on earth is a life of journeying, and it's journeying to our final resting place, our final home, to the place where we will be fully alive. And yes, fully alive in the glory of God. And so the banner over my dad's life by the day of his birth, June 28th, the glory of God, is man fully alive? I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful that I can now say with a firm hope that my dad, George Curran, a son of God, a father, a grandfather, a great-grandfather, and a husband for 54 years, is now fully alive because of the glory of God and in the glory of God. That's what I hope for you. That's what I hope for me. We're journeying, brothers and sisters. And we too can be like archangels in the lives of those we love. We can lead. We can provide. We can protect. We can be open to receive the gift of the Blessed Mother at whatever age and stage that is ours. The Blessed Mother wants to come close and be a mother to us. Be open to that gift. Realize that your life is not by accident, but it's by design. God's design. And it's for his glory that you would be fully alive. Let him make you fully alive. God bless your day.